this is a very important episode of Locked on Grizzlies because I've been doing some investigative work and this has to be our secret. We can't tell anyone, but remember yesterday, DeMichael talked about how the Grizzlies may be adding someone else. Shh, I figured it out. I got it. I got it. I got it. I know who it is. He, he might have lied to us. We're going to talk about it next here on Locked on Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, hello. Welcome to a Friday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host for this episode of the show, Joe Mullinax, as mentioned on our previous episode of Locked On Grizzlies, the wonderful DeMichael Cole, the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, getting a well-deserved few days off from the grind that is covering this Memphis Grizzlies team. I was on vacation last week, DeMichael Cole taking his vacation now. So the next several episodes, it'll be a journey, just you and I, traveling down this winding road known as late July, early August here in the NBA and here on Locked On Grizzlies. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. You can also check us out over on YouTube, like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, all those fun things. And hopefully you are one of our every dayers. We have more and more folks subscribing each and every day, and it is very appreciated. Thank you so much for starting your NBA day and your Memphis Grizzlies day with me and with us here at Lockdown Grizzlies. Now, shh, I'm, I'm, too, I'm talking too loud. I'm sorry. I'm just so excited, okay? Because DeMichael Cole and I talked about this idea. You know, he, he left me some breadcrumbs, right? That was so nice of my partner. He left me some, some things to kind of go a little bit schizophrenic about when it comes to the Grizzlies roster. Who, who could he be talking about? Who could, be, he, he, who could he be referencing? And, you know, I kind of dropped a hint myself and I, I don't know if he debunked it. I just got so excited once, once it began, I just had to go a little bit more deep and dive in. And I, again, if we're looking for a veteran to bring into the training camp roster for the Grizzlies, I think I got it. Are you ready? Come closer. Come closer. Can you hear me? Is that close enough? Okay. It's, it's Rudy Gay. Or at least it should be Rudy Gay, right? This is me planting my flag in the ground to Michael. You know, maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. He is the insider. He's the beat reporter. He's got the sources. I'm the guy that's loud on the internet and on this, on Twitter and on these YouTube and podcast waves telling you the flag has been planted firmly for Rudy Gay. Now, if you have followed my work going all the way back to 2012, 2013, when I was at Grizzly Bear Blues, obviously I was the site manager for that site for several years now. I'm a Memphis Grizzlies columnist, the Memphis Grizzlies columnist for Bluff City Media. But I've been doing this a while, and I covered the Rudy Gay years in Memphis, and I covered when Rudy Gay was traded. And during that time in the lead up to Rudy Gay potentially being moved on from by the Memphis Grizzlies, it, it kind of became a choice for those of you that might be new to the team. Maybe you, you know, 10 years or so ago, you were, you know, 12 and, and you weren't as engaged in, in following along with the ins and outs of Grizzlies blogging and Twitter. There was a wave of people that wanted Rudy Gay to be the one that stayed and Zach Randolph to be the one that was potentially traded. Now, before you yell at me on the internet, I have accepted wrongdoing 
in that movement. I am fully engaged with that idea. But later on in the show, we'll talk about more maybe realistic options if Memphis actually wanted to bring someone in to potentially be on the roster. Yesterday, we talked about Josh Christopher versus Isaiah Todd. No disrespect to those guys. Both of them probably won't be around. There might be ways to bring in someone who could potentially be around or may even likely be around, depending on how the roster shakes out. We're going to talk about two names that I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, again, this is just me in my, you know, ah, so excited about Grizzlies content. This perusing, you know, looking around rosters and understanding, thanks to my partner, DeMichael Cole, the traded player exception that has been uh, created roughly $7 million through the Dylan Brooks sign and trade that brought Christopher to Memphis. So who could fit in that? How could they get involved? We'll talk more about that later. But back to Rudy Gay. I was wrong. I'm glad they didn't trade Zach Randolph. I'm glad they traded Rudy Gay. Obviously, that year that Rudy Gay was traded was the year that Tayshawn Prince arrived. It was addition by subtraction, and Memphis made the Western Conference Finals. However, 10 years later, Rudy Gay making his triumphant return would be fantastic. Even if it's just for a brief amount of time, because it would be a chance for Rudy to finish as a Memphis Grizzly. And he is one of the great Memphis Grizzlies players, even if it didn't end particularly well. And even if there were fru there was frustration with him, he was inefficient uh, majority of the time. But if you thought Rudy Gay was inefficient, then, you know, you must really have hated Dylan Brooks because Rudy was better than Dylan Brooks was um, offensively. But Rudy had so many flashes of high-level athleticism, a super uber-talented wing, the game against the Miami Heat where he does the dribble behind the back and dunks the ball on Miami, the Heatles with LeBron and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. It just stands out in my memory. It, it's transfixed. I have it you know, drilled into my skull. And I just am a big Rudy Gay fan. So if the goal is to bring in a veteran who likely will not stick, Right. And again, later on in the show, I'll talk about some guys that maybe would have because of their youth, because of the skill set they provide. Maybe they'd have a little better chance to stick in Memphis. But now if we're just focusing on a guy that, you know, you bring in, he's part of the team for a couple months. Maybe Rudy wants to show he still can play in the NBA because he had a pretty rough year last year. I don't know if you looked at Rudy Gay's stats lately, but per cleaning the glass, uh, Rudy did not have a strong campaign with Utah Jazz. Played in over 800 minutes, which is the fewest minutes he's played you know, since he was, you know, injured basically. And I think that might even be the fewest, yeah, fewest of his career, uh, 813 minutes, 56 games played. He, he shot terribly, 25% from three, not very good at the rim, 62%. That's 28th percentile. His effective field goal percentage was 43%. That is in the second percentile in the National Basketball Association. So Rudy struggled offensively. Defensively, he's basically a, a stretch four, maybe even play the five a little bit. Because you got to remember, Rudy Gay's pretty big, right? Or at least in terms of size, as a forward, he's six foot eight. So depending on some matchups, he could play center. Um, but he's not built for that, of course. He's lost that athleticism, as we all do as we get older, you know, varying levels of athleticism. But he's at the, the final stretch of his NBA career. And I think it would be interesting for him to finish in Memphis on that type of contract, I can't stress enough, where he's a guy that just fits the roster now, eventually gets waived, he gets to say he ended as a Grizzly, and rides off into the sunset, right? 
to me, that would make a lot of sense for Rudy Gay. That would be my hope for him as a fan of his, remembering the good things that he did with the Grizzlies, the success that he had in the regular season. If you look back on those years, Zach versus Rudy, two players that dominated the ball, that needed shots, isolation scores, one obviously in the mid-range and a little bit beyond in Rudy. Zach, of course, on the block and a little bit beyond that from the post. There could be only one is the way that it had to work out. It didn't necessarily need to work out that way if they had figured out how to move the ball a little better. But because of the way that the team scored in Zach's strengths compared to Rudy's strengths, it was one or the other. And the team moved on from Rudy Gay in that reality. As part of that, bringing him home, prodigal son returns, giving him a chance to have a couple of games there in Memphis, preseason games, but a couple of chances to score some buckets, show that he can still play in the NBA. Maybe he does well enough to get signed by another team, right? The Phoenix Suns need a bunch of veteran minimum types of guys. Maybe he does and shows out enough to convince Phoenix to take a flyer on. You know, there's other teams that are in that second apron kind of tax reality under the new CBA where they have to find players to fill out the roster somewhere. And if Rudy can come in and show through his time with Memphis, brief time during training camp and a couple of preseason games that he can do those things, I think Rudy makes a lot of sense. So if the Grizzlies are going to take a flyer, as our as my partner, Michael Cole, the commercial appeal, kind of dropped a hint, you know, like I said, I just got so excited thinking about the possibility of Rudy Gay. Maybe it won't be Rudy Gay. Maybe he's not the guy. He would be my guy. Rudy Gay would be my choice because I believe Rudy Gay deserves a chance to finish his time in the NBA or at least start that process if he can prove he's still an NBA player. He needs to start that with the Memphis Grizzlies. That's my opinion. You can let me know in the comments if you think I'm crazy. And again, I want to stress, I'm not waving Kenneth Lofton Jr. for him. You know, Josh Christopher, Isaiah Todd, I think I would wave those guys for Rudy Gay. Uh, anybody that's currently on the roster that has been on the roster, I would not move on from for Rudy Gay. But I do think if they're bringing in someone to fill out the roster a little more for practice, training camp purposes, Brandon Clark won't be cleared. Like DeMichael talked about, it's possible Stephen Adams isn't cleared. Possible that Desmond Bain isn't cleared. Within those possibilities, if you're bringing in bodies just to get through camp, I think you can do worse than Rudy. That's my take. But maybe Memphis wants to bring in a more permanent long-term solution. Again, there is unguaranteed money. There are guys that they can move on from, theoretically. Kenneth Lofton Jr., John Conchar, potentially. How can they do that using the traded player exception, maybe getting in on some bad breakups around the NBA on this Friday edition of Lockdown Grizzlies? We'll talk about that next here on the show. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. Big fan of FanDuel here at Lockdown Grizzlies. Take your first swing at betting the Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets win or lose. That's 200. You could spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to be the first home run. All that is on a safe, secure, and super easy to use app that where you win and when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 of bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. We are back talking, taking advantage of a breakup or two. Next, here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Don't go anywhere. 
Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am your host for this episode. For the next several episodes of Lockdown Grizzlies, Joe Mullinax. Again, shout out to my partner, to Michael Cole, Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. Well-deserved vacation. I'm here with you for the next several days, next several shows. And I promise I won't go all conspiracy on you each and every episode, right? I want you to, to stay with me. Please stay. Just don't leave me I, I because I'll find you, right? No, sorry. I got it. I made it weird again. Stay with me. I won't be weird the entire time. I do want to get a little bit controversial in terms of if the Grizzlies, we talked about Rudy Gay earlier in the show, right? The idea of Rudy Gay as a training camp addition that would not stick around. Give him a chance to wear the Grizzlies jersey in FedEx form once or twice more. Wave him. See if he can still be an NBA player. He can go play for the Suns, Bucks, some championship contender that isn't the Grizzlies. However, there are avenues, if Memphis so chooses, to get in the mix as a third team in any sort of dealings when it comes to giving out assets, sweetening pots for two superstars that have made trade demands that have yet to be traded. James Harden in Philadelphia, and who we're going to talk about first here, Damian Lillard in Portland. Now, obviously, Portland, they're interacting with Miami, right? That is where a lot of folks think that Dame is eventually going to wind up is with the Heat. That does seem like the most likely end game result of that interaction. But let's say the Grizzlies got involved somehow. And using that trade player exception, which I can't recommend enough, checking out to Michael's work over the commercial appeal, he did a great job in a piece breaking down ways Memphis could use it. They can help facilitate deals and take on money that maybe they wouldn't be able to take on matching salaries because of the traded player exception of roughly $7 million that was generated in the Dylan Brooks sign and trade. So what does that mean? They could take on a player for $7 million or less without providing money to match. So they could just waive someone if someone like Portland didn't want John Conchar or if, if someone like uh, Miami didn't want Kenneth Lofton Jr., whoever they wanted to trade. Memphis could use the trade player exception, bring in someone, and then they'd eventually have to get rid of that person. But they could have a training camp competition to kind of see what they wanted to do there. John Conchar, if you wanted to trade him, you could probably get a second round pick in 2026 from someone with cap space for John Conchar. He's proven he's an NBA player. Maybe he doesn't fit the Grizzlies and what Memphis wants to do anymore. Uh, Taylor Jenkins, the head coach of the Grizzlies, would probably disagree with that assessment. But I know a lot of folks are frustrated with John Conchar, and I know that I, in the past, have been frustrated with John Conchar. So if you're in the boat that you're cool moving on with him, you can get a second-round pick for Conchar. I think he's proven himself well enough. And he's under contract. It's a team-friendly deal, especially as the cap expands over these – or continues to expand, I should say, over the next couple of years. So it doesn't have to be Kenneth Lofton Jr. It can be Kenneth Lofton Jr. because, again, that's a team-friendly deal that can be waived. Money's not necessarily guaranteed, or not all of it at least. So those are the two names that theoretically the Grizzlies could move on from to bring in one of these guys. And the one that I'm talking about from Portland, I think I've mentioned before here on Lockdown Grizzlies. I know I've written about him in the past. It's Nazir Little. Okay, Nazir Little is under contract to the Portland Trailblazers coming into this season for $6.25 million. That fits within that traded player exception that we mentioned a moment ago. He has a salary that is similar a little bit less than Conchar, or a little bit more, excuse me. Well, roughly the same, actually. Uh, 6.75 million going into the season after that, then 7.25, then 7.75. So he's under contract until 2027. That's when he'll be a free agent again. He's a player who has a decent wing frame. And again, you got to remember, I am looking for wings still, right? 
That is my bit. DeMichael Cole was right in free agency. They pursued guards. I think they still need a forward because I don't trust Jake LaRavia. I don't trust Zaire Williams. I don't trust David Roddy on a team that is supposed to be a championship contender. Now, hopefully, you know, we can have a little conversation here in the comments. You can hit me up on Twitter at Joe Mullinex. You say, Joe, how is Nasir Little any better than Jake LaRavia? How is he any better than Zaire Williams, right? Because obviously Little has not consistently been able to stay on the floor. He's had injury concerns, and that's a fair criticism. I think that's one of the reasons that Portland or anybody else may not want him. And I think that's another reason why it might be cheap. Maybe it costs a couple second round picks, heavily protected first to bring in a little, but little is a guy who has skill. He has talent. He's the 25 pick in the 2019 draft, same draft as John Morant, and Brandon Clark. And I like his versatility as a defender. He has length. He can do multiple things on the perimeter as well as against stretch fours. And as a shooter, he shot 37% from three and over 950 minutes played for the Trailblazers in 2022-2023. That has value to me. He has a skill set that the Grizzlies could use at a larger size. Again, if you want to invest in Jake LaRavia, if you want to believe in Zaire Williams, then by all means, this trade is not for you. I'm giving options if you are not a believer. If you're someone who is not sold on those guys being ready, and again, I have seen Little, and Little has had NBA minutes producing. Jake LaRavia looks like he has the skill set to score at all three levels. It's a calculated risk to bet on Jake LaRavia. It's unlikely he's a bust, but it's possible still. Again, key word is still risk and calculated risk. Zaire Williams, they clearly have had plans for him. But they continue, as I've talked about, and DeMichael has partially agreed with me, square peg, round hole. Zaire Williams can create off the dribble a little bit. He can score in the mid-range. He showed that skill set in college and in high school, and he did it some in his rookie year with the Grizzlies, the second half of that rookie year in particular. The first half of his rookie year, you could argue he was the worst NBA rotation player in the league. The worst, statistically speaking. He improved as his rookie year went on. And again, as we've talked about here and others have as well, other places, his sophomore year was essentially a big dud. So you're counting on Zaire Williams. You're counting on Jake LaRavia. David Roddy of the three options is the one who has shown the most, most recently in terms of productivity, but he's undersized on the wing in terms of height, perhaps under athletic to an extent. And he has the lowest ceiling. He does not have the level of talent that somebody like Nazir Little potentially could have. The reason Little is making the money he's making, and it's a calculated risk for Memphis too, is those injury concerns. But if you bring in Little and he competes and he shows that he is better than John Conchar, that John Conchar for a 2026 second round pick trade becomes a little bit more realistic. Same kind of concept if you wanted to move on, and I'm not advocating for this, please yell at me. Kenneth Lofton Jr. is easier to move on from. You bring in a little, you add depth to the perimeter. Maybe you have better news on Brandon Clark than you anticipated. He'll be ready before you thought he would be. And you can move on from a big. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Conchar would be the one moved on from for a lesser future asset. That to me makes the most sense to open up a roster spot. And little bringing him in again. You can't look at it. I'm looking at it from the perspective of I believe in Little a little more than maybe LaRavia or Williams. But if you disagree with that perspective, which you probably do, you can look at it through the lens of is Nazir Little better than John Contra? 
I think that's definitive in terms of what Little brings to the table as a three-point shooter, his willingness to shoot the three, the capacity that he has to develop his game. He's still young. You got to remember, Conchar's 27 years old. Little's 23. So there's still room for growth when it comes to Nazir Little. And he is a guy who in the past has rebounded well. It was a tough season last year for him rebounding-wise. Again, injury concerns in the past. But he's been a high-level rebounder as a wing in the past. He has a strong block percentage as a, uh, a wing defender, as a forward, a combo forward. So if you're a Kenneth Lofton Jr. Stan, or if you believe in LaRavia or Williams and you want to see them get that opportunity, I feel like looks at it through the Conchar lens. If you can move on from Conchar, bring in Little through the TPE, now you have another piece that could potentially be better, or not potentially, in my opinion, probably is better than John Conchar. And you have another player that can compete with LaRavia, that can compete with Williams and Roddy and make it a little bit more interesting there on the wing, at least in my opinion, as opposed to Conchar. So I, I am a Nazir little guy. I would be excited if they were able to get involved in facilitating a trade between Miami and Portland or Portland and anybody getting in on that and using that trade player exception for a player like Little. That would be interesting to me. We'll finish out this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies talking about another guy, right? Taking a look at James Harden, Philadelphia 76ers, a rumored destination for him. How can the Grizzlies get involved in some uh, facilitation on that end? We'll talk about it next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. We're finishing up our Friday edition of the show. I am Joe Mullinax of Bluff City Media, also a contributor over at SB Nation. To Michael Cole with the Commercial Appeal, my co-host not with me on this episode. Thank you for joining me, and hopefully over the next several days, you'll continue to come back, see what we're talking about, chopping up about here on Lockdown Grizzlies as DeMichael enjoys a well-deserved vacation. Um, I made an argument for Rudy Gay at the start of the show. Very passionate one, in my opinion. I'm a big Rudy Gay guy, even though I was wrong about him before. I might be wrong about him now. Maybe he's washed. Maybe Memphis is not. That is not the guy that DeMichael left some breadcrumbs on in terms of a potential opening. Even if DeMichael already kind of said it wasn't that. I, I don't know. I can't even remember because I was so excited about Rudy Gay. So that's my flag. Planted. Boom. If Rudy is not coming back to show what he can do and then get waived, good luck to you, Rudy. I talked about after that, we took a look at the idea, bringing in Nazir Little from Portland as part of a three-team trade, helping facilitate things in the Damian Lillard trailblazer breakup. The Grizzlies could also help facilitate things when it comes to James Harden in Philadelphia. And the team that is most often rumored or linked to Harden is the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, if there needed to be assets included, if there needed to be a third team to help facilitate the deal, I think Memphis could go in, and much like Little, there's a player on the Clippers. He makes less money, about $3.7 million, a little less than that, that I would be interested in as a forward, again, to come in and compete, and that is Amir Coffey. Now, if you go and look up his stats, you're going to say, Joe, he shot terribly last season. Why do you want Dylan Brooks to come back so badly? 43.6% effective field goal percentage, 26% from three. Yuck. Coffey did not play consistently last year, right? 41 games played, started nine games. This is all according to cleaning the glass. And in the two seasons prior to that, especially in 2021-2022, where Coffey was much more active, played almost 1,500 minutes for the Clippers, all the different injuries that L.A. was dealing with. 38% from three was Amir Coffey. 56% effective field goal percentage. And he had similar numbers, especially in EFG, the year before that in 2020, 2021. 
Now the minutes were much smaller, 282 minutes. But across 2020 into 2022, those two seasons combined, he played roughly 1,700 minutes, about 1,750. And he shot roughly 56% EFG. That is above average for wings in the NBA. It's a cheap flyer, man. And again, if you're not a believer in John Conchar, if you would rather see them move on from him because he's unwilling to shoot, he's not somebody that wants to take the shots. He is not a guy that he, he, he molds and fits well because he doesn't rock the boat. Coffee is a guy that will be willing to take those shots just like Little, who we mentioned earlier. The usage rate for Coffee this past season, even when he wasn't shooting as well, 13.7%. Usage rate for Little. Going through his season with the Portland Trailblazers, 14.8%. Those are higher numbers. When you look at a guy like John Conchar, that is not his game in any way, shape, or form. John Conchar's usage rate was 10%. That's fourth percentile in the NBA this past year. So all the talk of how well he shoots the basketball, and there's some truth to it, right? 34% from three this past year, but Conchar was 42% before that. The percentages only really are impressive when you shoot the basketball. And Conchar doesn't do it consistently, and he doesn't have enough skill beyond the shot in terms of creating off the dribble, being a penetrator and secondary facilitator beyond the extra pass on the perimeter. We have seen enough from John Conchar to know that he is not going to take those shots or make those shots. Amir Coffey, similar to Conchar in terms of limited self-creation potentially, but at least he's going to take the three when he's open. If you, like DeMichael talked about yesterday on the episode, if you're going to post somebody up in the corner, if you're just going to have them stand there while John Morant and other guys are working, Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, whoever it might be, Coffee will stand in the corner and take the shot. Little will stand in the corner and take the shot. Conchar won't. He has shown that he's not interested in being a focal point of offense, and when he gets his opportunities to shoot, he is not taking the shot. Because of that, I am ready to move on from a guy like Conchar. And the fact that he is in a position to be available, a guy like Coffee, a guy like Little that we mentioned earlier, both of those guys would fit nicely and tidily within the traded player exception. Both of those guys could come in and compete. They are insurance for LaRavia, insurance for Williams. If Amir Coffee doesn't start in my circumstantial idea that I'm having here, that I'm working through with you on this Friday, it's not the end of the world. It's not like OG Ananobi who comes in and boom, that guy's the starter now. Amir Coffee's not that guy. Nazir Little. I would prefer Little to Coffee. That's why Little went first. But even Little isn't that guy. They're insurance. They are pieces that I would rather see on this team because of their size, six foot six in terms of Little, six foot eight in terms of Coffee. Because of their age, Little is 23, Coffee is 26, just newly 26, newly minted. Both are younger than Conchar. And again, their usage rates, their willingness to take the shot, to be active offensively in that way, it is exponential. Yes, Conchar is a great rebounder on the wing. I mentioned how Little was a pretty strong rebounder before last season. He can perhaps return to that. That's never been a strength of Coffee's game. But they don't need it to be a strength if Steven Adams is out there. They don't need it to be a strength if Desmond Bain continues his growth as a rebounder on the perimeter. John Morant has grown as a rebounder on the perimeter. And again, we're talking about 14th, 13th, 15th guy on the roster. You need someone who, if other dudes go down in terms of injury or 
Williams, LaRavia, Roddy don't work out, that you know they can at least go in the game, take a shot when they're open, and be strong, potentially strong, team defenders, having length and size to fit within the schemes of what Memphis wants to do. Amir Coffey provides that. Nazir Little provides that. I'm not sold at this stage that I would move on from Kenneth Lofton to do these deals. I think there's an argument there that I'm not necessarily willing to have. I am willing to move on from John Conchar. I, I have been done with John Conchar in terms of his unwillingness to shoot. He meshes and molds and is malleable in terms of how his game is. But so would Coffee. Coffee would be too. Little would be too. And both of those guys are obtainable using that traded player exception. And both of those guys don't have to come in and immediately be told you're the, the big wing in the rotation. They're just another big wing in the rotation who fits what Memphis potentially might need better than Conchar. So tinfoil hat off for now. Traded player exception. There's still possibilities out there. The Grizzlies have numerous tradable contracts. The Grizzlies have all their first round picks still. The Grizzlies still have access to second rounders. They have the pick swaps now that they have with Phoenix. There are things that the Grizzlies can do if they so choose. If they want to help facilitate a Harden or Lillard deal. Or if they really just want to make me happy. Just bring back Rudy Gay for a couple months, right? Let him wear the Grizzlies uh, Beale Street Blue one more time or two more times. And then send him on his way, right? But there's, there's possibility for this summer to not be over for Memphis. And I do want to keep that perspective moving forward. Is it probable they're done? Yeah, it's probable. But the opportunity still exists because of the way things have been structured. And I think Coffee and Little would be better fits than what Conchar brings at this stage. It's time to move on and bring in bigger wings to help facilitate competition among your young guys. They can't just say, oh, it's John Conchar. Here's Coffee. Here's Little. They have size. They're shooting the ball. You better be on your P's and Q's. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies, your team each and every day, proud member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Check us out on YouTube, like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to everyone who makes us their first stop each and every day as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hopefully you stick with us throughout the summer as we continue to talk Grizzlies basketball. When we're back on Monday, I'll be flying solo once again, and I'm going to take a closer look at some specific positions on the Grizzlies. You know, DeMichael has talked about the guard position, how to get Luke Kennard going a little bit more in terms of facilitation, how to, on the perimeter, find ways to set up LaRavia and Roddy and Zaire Williams to be in the best position to be successful. Just a little bit of a perimeter breakdown given where Memphis either is lacking depth because of the John Moran suspension or they're lacking experience depth in terms of bigger wings. We're going to talk about that on our Monday show. I am looking forward to it. I am looking forward to having that conversation with you the next time that I see or hear from you here on Locked On Grizzlies. Enjoy your weekend. Be restful. Be safe. Enjoy it. Have fun. Spend time with family and friends. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Stay locked in. I'm Joe Molinax. This is Locked On Grizzlies.